the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Talk 570 WTBN Pinellas Park. Online at Let's Talk Faith.com. A service of the Salem Media Group. Portions of this hour have been pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Odyssey. The following program was pre recorded for broadcast at this time. Up next is Verse by Verse, sponsored by Verse by Verse Ministries. Will Rogers, the American humorist, once said this. He said, The income tax has made more liars out of the American people than golf has. I suppose you have to play golf to appreciate that. I, I don't play it very much, so. Taxes. I can recall, and I'm just giving you a lot of illustrations because I think it'll hit home on, on the truth. I can recall getting my taxes done a few years ago, and um, I ended up owing the government some money. And I happened to mention it to, uh, to a fellow Christian, one I respected and didn't realize what he was going to say. But you know what he told me? He told me to go to another accountant because the one I had gone to was just too honest. He said that. He said that deeply hurt me. After I thought later about it, at, at the time, it, it didn't even register. Later, I thought about that. How could you be too honest? How could you be too honest? By the way, I didn't go to another account, in case you were wondering. That was an interesting quote from Will Rogers, wasn't it? Of course, there is one thing to keep in mind. Neither golf nor taxes make us liars. However, they do give us the opportunity to lie. And that's why it's so important for us to determine ahead of time that we will obey God's word. As we start today's verse-by-verse program, Pastor Steve is going to give us a definition of lying. Then he will apply that definition to various aspects of life. I think you're going to find that today's program is very interesting. We are continuing in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 17 through 25. And some of the topics Pastor Steve will touch on today include honesty, exaggeration, keeping our promises, giving excuses rather than admitting when we were wrong. There are some others too, but I don't want to spoil the surprise. So here is Pastor Steve. What is lying specifically? Well, there are different facets of lying because they come in different forms and shades. But basically, a lie, I suppose the most basic form is uh, the one that we're probably all familiar with. It's a statement that is contrary to fact, spoken with the intent to deceive. Did you get that? It is a statement that is contrary to fact, spoken with the intent to deceive. It must be with the intent to deceive. Now, if you kid somebody and they know you're kidding, that's not with the intent to deceive. If they don't know you're kidding, then you gotta be careful about that. Uh, let me give you an illustration. You come up to me, let's say, and uh, you wanna know what time it is. And I tell you that, uh, oh, I look at my watch and I tell you it's 12 o'clock. And uh, you go away thinking it's 12 o'clock, but it's not 12 o'clock. And you go away and then you learn it's not 12 o'clock and you say, he lied. Well, my watch may have been broken. And I really didn't have the intent of lying to you. I really, I made a genuine, uh, honest mistake. That's not a lie, okay? 
Now, if I know that my watch broke, you come up to me and I say it's 12 o'clock, and I know it's not 12 o'clock, that's a lie. One thing is a legitimate mistake. That's understandable. But when it's with the intent to lie, intent to, to lie, that's wrong, and that's a sin, and that's what we're talking about. That's probably the most basic kind of lie, a statement that just isn't true, and we know it's not true, and we say it with an intent on deceiving someone. But falsehood can be very subtle. We wish it were that cut and dry. It's not. It's very, very subtle. Let's look at some ways that we lie. Maybe you're not even aware of some of these ways. Very convicting. My own heart has been convicted on this. I, I, I have studied this. I haven't even realized areas in my life that, uh, that truth doesn't come out like it should. And in my own heart, there's just been repentance and, and a desire to, to fulfill what the Word of God says. Maybe the Lord will work in your, in your heart in these ways. We can lie by, number one, shading the truth. Shading the truth. It's not totally an error. We just withhold enough information to give the wrong impression. It's kind of like someone goes to buy your car and you don't tell them all the things that are wrong with your car. Well, you can say, well, I'm not really telling a lie. Yes, but you're shading the truth. By not telling the whole truth, you are giving the wrong impression. That's a lie. You may say, well, if I do that, then they won't buy the car. Then they don't buy the car. Which is it better, to, uh, to not have your car uh, sold or to obey God? Shouldn't be any question about it. Obey God. You say, but I won't get all the money. So what? You don't get the money. Better to obey God than not get the money. We can just withhold enough information to give the wrong impression. So we can technically say, well, you didn't ask. And we do that. You didn't ask. I've had people say it to me, well, you just didn't ask. Well, you don't need to ask. A Christian who walks in integrity just speaks the truth, the whole truth, so that he doesn't give the wrong impression. There's another way that we, we can lie. It's by exaggerating. Preachers are known for this. I mean, pastors really are known for this, and, and, and evangelists. We, we call it evangelistically speaking. You ever hear that? It's nothing but a lie. There is no evangelistically speaking uh, way that honors the Lord. It's really just a lie. I can remember being in the audience uh, when an evangelist spoke, and uh, he asked for a show of hands at the end of the meeting, and he went all around the room saying, yes, I, something to the effect of, I see that hands, and yes, I see that, yes, hands are going up, or words to that effect, and I was supposed to be involved in the counseling, and so I had the, the opportunity to look around, I needed to look around, see who was, who was indicating a need to accept Christ, and um, there weren't as many hands as he said there were hands. He just spoke the lie, spoke a lie. It was not the truth. There may have been a hand or so that I missed, but nothing like he gave the impression. We can exaggerate. You know, I, I, can, I can recall when um, Andy Marinello and I were out in California. It was my birthday, and Andy said, I want to I take you to a restaurant. I said, let's go to a Mexican restaurant. And they, they served this, uh, this burrito. I had never seen one this big, but I found myself, as I related telling people, it kept getting bigger. I mean, I think it was this big by the time I got through. And I found myself, you know, just, just exaggerating. You know, first, the first person I told it was this big. Next person, this big. You wouldn't believe, I mean, I had it like a fish. This big. This, well, it's so easy to exaggerate. How about another way? Cheating in school. Cheating in school. Christian students just shouldn't cheat, and yet they do. And if you don't believe me, you can ask our principal and vice principal. And adults cheat too. Cheating in school, I can remember, and this is not with Christians, but my brother tells the story that when he was in school, and uh, I don't recall what grade it was, there was a young girl who cheated off of his paper. The only thing, she really wasn't too smart because she put his name on her paper. That sort of gave her away. Well, Christians shouldn't cheat. Shouldn't, better to get a, a bad grade than to cheat. 
And, and a lot of students just don't think it's wrong to cheat. There was a special on, uh, on one of the news stations some time ago, and they, they interviewed uh, students from one of our uh, public schools here, and just, no, cheating wasn't that bad, no. The parents' attitude was just don't get caught. That was the real sin, getting caught. Christians ought not to cheat. How about taxes? Will Rogers, the American humorist, once said this. He said, the income taxes made more liars out of the American people than golf has. I suppose you have to play golf to appreciate that. I, I don't play it very much, so. Taxes. I can recall, and I'm just giving you a lot of illustrations because I think it'll hit home on, on the truth. I can recall getting my taxes done a few years ago, and um, I ended up owing the government some money, and I happened to mention it to, uh, to a fellow Christian, one I respected and didn't realize what he was going to say. But you know what he told me? He told me to go to another accountant because the one I had gone to was just too honest. He said that. He said that deeply hurt me. After I thought later about it, at, at the time it, it didn't even register. Later I thought about that. How could you be too honest? How could you be too honest? By the way, I didn't go to another accountant, in case you were wondering. I just faced the music. How about not keeping a promise? You'll catch on later. Not keeping a promise. You promise something to the Lord, and yes, Lord, I'm going to do this, and then you don't keep it. Better not promise to the Lord. The Bible speaks very strongly about when you make a vow unto God, keep it. Better not make a promise to the Lord than to break it. But there's something even more subtle than that. Making a promise to our spouses, or how about to our children? Some of you parents may have promised your children something that you, that you do. I was speaking with a Christian leader some time ago who, uh, who told me all the promises he, he had made or some promises he had made to his, to his son. And uh, I said, well, aren't you going to keep that? Yeah, I guess I ought to. Well, it was kind of like, yeah, I guess you're right. When I get around to it, that, that was the impression I got. Listen, you've got to keep your promise to your child. Not just because you promise them that and you speak the truth. That's, that's the primary reason. But if you don't keep your promise to them, they're going to think you're a liar, which you are. And then they're going to say, well, if you lie, then God must lie. How can I believe God? How can I believe you about the gospel? If you don't keep your promise about taking me this, to this place or doing something with me. Some time ago, I promised my son that I would take him to an indoor soccer game. And you know what? I forgot about it. And my wife reminded me and said, you promised, Ben, that you do that. And I'm going to keep that promise. I'm going to take him. We've got to do that. When you make a promise, you've got to keep that. And if, you, if you've been lax and you go to your child and you say, would you forgive me? I've been wrong. Don't, don't fear admitting that. You make a promise. Listen, the first sin that we read about in the early church was a promise made that wasn't kept. It was Ananias and Sapphira, remember? The early church uh, had great needs and, and people said, we're going to sell some property, we're going to give, just give everything that we have. And Ananias and Sapphira apparently owned some property and they sold the property and they said they were going to give all the money that came from the property and lay it at the apostles' feet and the apostles can distribute it as, as they see. Wonderful, that was really nice of them to say that. They promised they were going to give it all. But they didn't give it all. They gave some of it, and the Bible says they lied to the Holy Spirit. Now, their sin wasn't in keeping part of it. That was their prerogative. Their sin was in, in leaving others to believe that they had given everything and lying, saying they would give everything, when in reality they had no intention of giving everything. Or at least there was a point in time where they decided not to give everything. That was their, they didn't even have to give a thing. But once they said, we promise we're going to give, that became the sin of lying. There's another way in which we can lie, betraying a confidence. Someone comes to you in confidence, and they tell you something, and they say, now don't tell other people. Now, let, let, me, let me caution you here. Be careful about people coming in confidence to you. 
If someone comes in confidence, this is sort of off the subject, but just while we're talking about this, if someone comes in confidence with you with a problem they have with another Christian, tell them not to tell you. Tell them to go to that other Christian and tell them. You don't need to hear other people's problems with other people. The Bible says if, if, you, if, if there's a sin in someone else's life, you go to them. If someone's offended you, you go to them. Don't tell somebody else about it. But we're talking about a, a confidence here that, that is a legitimate confidence. Don't tell other people. That's lying. You've said that you won't tell someone else. And then you, we can so easily rationalize it. Well, it's good for this person to know about it so they can pray more intelligently. Well, don't, don't lie. Don't betray confidence. Another way we lie, giving excuses rather than just admitting that we were wrong. That's what Adam and Eve did. Rather than just saying, yes, Lord, I sinned. I was wrong. I'm responsible. They said, when, when God came looking for them, uh, they said, Adam said, uh, the woman who you gave me, she was the one who told me about this. She gave me from the tree, and I, it's the woman's fault. And in fact, it's really your fault. You gave me the woman. Eve said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Well, listen, don't make excuses. When you've done something wrong, even if other people are involved and if there was a temptation to do it, that's not the issue. Just own up to what you've done. I remember when I was a monitor years ago at Lakeside Christian School, it's incredible the excuses young people give. But it's also incredible the excuses that older people give. If you're wrong, just say, I was wrong. How about another way, flattering people? We just flatter them, oh, you look lovely. And you don't think they look lovely, but you say that. Flattering people to get ahead, saying things that you know will please them, that's, that's wrong. One thing that I think we really have problems with is loose talk. Loose talk out of habit, which really is not the, the truth. And, and we just accept it in our society. Let me illustrate it. You've just had the worst day of your life, and you see somebody in the hall here at church, and they say, how are you? And you know what you say? Fine. I know I do the same thing. You're not fine. And yet you think, they don't want to hear about how bad my day is. Then just come up with something that's truthful. Say, I'm sure it's going to get better. Or something like that. It's been interesting. I'm okay. I'm alive. I'm working through my problem. Don't lie. Don't say it's fine when it's not fine. Or how about this? This is, this is one that it just gets me. I run into somebody. I'm sure it happens to you, and you really don't care for this person who you run into. And later when you say goodbye to them, you say, good to see you. I've said that, and I've gone away. I've been with Michelle, and we're, we meet somebody, and we walk away, and I say, good to see you. And then I turn to her as we're a few feet away, and I say, you know, it wasn't good to see them. And don't think if you run into me that I'm good. I like you all. Don't, don't get the wrong idea. But, you know, we've got to be careful about that. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not advocating that you ought to say, listen, I can't stand you. And it's not good to see. Just don't say something that's false. And, and I might caution you at this point. Speaking the truth doesn't mean you've got to say whatever's on your mind. You really are going to be in trouble if you think that. There are some people who think that, that, that honesty means you say whatever comes to your mind. That's not true. And sometimes we could excuse our hatred and anger and say it's all in the name of honesty. I've known people like that. They'll hurt you. They'll offend you. Because they feel a responsibility to speak the truth. They need to look at the next verse, which we'll deal, Lord willing, next week, about be angry and yet do not sin. The next verse is for them. Don't excuse hatred in the name of honesty. If you've got a problem with somebody, then you go to the Lord and ask him to, to help you love that person. Now, if you can't say something nice to somebody, 
then don't say anything. Speaking the truth doesn't mean saying whatever is on your mind. It means that whatever comes out needs to be honest and truthful. But, you know, it, it's these, these social things that we're just sort of pressured into saying. Loose talk. I was at the doctor's recently, and the nurse saw me, and she said, How are you? And I almost said, Fine. But you know what I decided to say? I said, Look, if I was fine, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> I said it nicely. She said, You know, that's true. But I almost said, fine. I mean, here I am in the doctor's office. You're only in a doctor's office because you're not fine. But it's so easy, just fine. You know, everything's great. It wasn't great. And we need to speak the truth. We ought to be known as, as men and women of integrity. It's integrity. What are some other ways in which we lie? Here's a subtle way, silence. You know, you don't have to say anything to lie. Many times silence is as dishonest as a spoken lie. When our silence misleads others, then we have done something dishonest. By just being silent, you can give the wrong impression. For instance, when we hear someone being slandered, and we know it's not true, you hear rumors about someone, you hear someone being slandered, and you know it's not true, and yet you keep quiet to avoid conflict, that's wrong, and that's dishonest. You know it's not true, but you didn't do anything to stop it. So you can lie just by being silent. So these are some of the ways, subtle ways, in which we, we can lie. There are so many other ways. We, maybe in future weeks we'll cover that on a Wednesday, but so many other ways. Filling out reports for work, saying that we were doing a complete job when we really didn't. So many, so many subtle, subtle things. But we have to be men and women of integrity. If we're not, then nobody else is. I mean, if Christians don't speak the truth, then, then who does? And you know why we need to speak the truth? Primarily because God says so. But there are other reasons. There are other reasons. And Paul says and uses one reason here, and I want to show you the motivation for speaking the truth. One motivation that's very important. We need to, we need to grab hold of this. Look at the end of verse 25. For we are members of one another. That's a quote from Zechariah 8.16. That's why it's probably in bold letters in your, in your Bible. Actually, the, the, the expression before that is a quote from Zechariah 8.16. But we're members with one another. What does he mean by that? I think it's really an extension of what he's been saying about the unity of the church, and we're one body. And I think he's addressing here Christians primarily in, in their relationship with one another, though it certainly doesn't mean that we're to lie to unbelievers. But I think what he, what he means here is that we're all members of one body, the body of Christ, and if you tell a lie to one member, you're only hurting yourself. How does that work? Look, if you're, if you're driving on the road, and you're, you're driving and going along, and all of a sudden your eyes begin to deceive you, you're in big trouble. If your eyes tell you that a truck is not coming right at you, and it really is coming at you, guess what happens? You really hurt yourself. In fact, you kill yourself, most likely. If your brain begins to lie to you and says something that uh, something was cold and touchable when in reality it's hot and burning, you're in big trouble. All the members of the body have to be honest with one another in order to function properly, in order for the whole body to function. One member starts lying and, and you're in big trouble. In fact, that's a, that's a terrible problem when your body begins to deceive you. People do have that. Very serious. That's the illustration that Paul uses here. That's the point he's making. How can we function as a local church if we aren't honest with one another? How can there be fellowship if we lie to one another? Because fellowship is only possible if there's mutual trust so that we can speak freely and speak openly to one another. 
And when people speak openly and freely, when they speak the truth openly and freely, then we can minister to one another, we can care for one another, we can carry one another's burdens, we can teach one another, we can pray for one another. You can't do that if there's lying. Because lies destroy trust. You think about a person who's lied to you. You can't have much fellowship with them. You don't trust them. They've lost their credibility. You don't know what to believe about them anymore. How can you minister to them if you don't know if they're telling you the truth? Lies destroy trust, and once trust is gone in a relationship, it's difficult to restore. You see, fellowship is built around trust. It's built around trust, and trust is built on truth. So we've got to speak the truth. And that's his point here. That's how a church fellowship is to be. You see, lying isn't only wrong because it violates the character of God, but it's also wrong because it causes friction and disunity and tragedy and sadness in the local church. You know, I trust that you're responsive to the Word of God. If I, if I gave this message to some people, maybe this is going on in your mind, I don't know. You might think, if, if I do this, especially Christian businessmen, might think if I practice what the Bible says I ought to practice, then I'll lose my business. I'll, I can never operate a business on truth and honesty. First of all, you're wrong. You could, if you want to. But you know, my response to that is, if it means losing your business, then lose it. God never wants you to, wanted you to have that business anyway. Lose it. Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and God will take care of all the rest. You'd be amazed at how God will bless your business if you honor him by being honest. God calls us to be honest, calls us to speak truth and be people of integrity. So you, you can't look at what are the end results going to be. Our only consideration is, is this what the word of God says? If it is, then all we need to do is obey it, and we'll leave the results to the Lord. Let's bow for prayer. I don't know about you, but I had to do some repenting in my own heart and ask the Lord to search me and see what falsehood is in me, and maybe you need to do the same thing too. Maybe you need to just ask the Lord to show you areas in your life. I know that sometimes I kid too much, where people don't know I'm kidding, and it looks like a lie, and I need to be careful about that. The Lord's dealt with me on that. What's he dealing with you on? Is it silence? Is it cheating? Maybe you're a Christian student in school and you just have so much pressure to, to, to do well and, and you resort to cheating. You say, who will ever know? God knows. In fact, you know. And you've got to live with yourself. But beyond that, God knows. And that's what's really important. Maybe you lie by exaggerating. Maybe you lie by just giving the wrong impression of things. Maybe you lie by those social graces. We call them social graces and, and proper etiquette. Saying fine when you're not fine. Saying good to see you when it hasn't been good to see them. We need to speak the truth. Now when we speak the truth, we've got to do it in love. right? That's what Ephesians 4.15 says, speaking the truth in love. How truthful are you? How honest are you? The world may think you're the biggest fool for being honest. God says you're wise. God only speaks the truth. That's the way we're to be. That's it. There's nothing more to say. But you need to simply conform your life to the standard of God. Father, we pray that you'll help us to be a truthful people, to love one another so much that we tell the truth to one another. Even if it hurts at times, help us to speak the truth in love, but help us to be men and women, boys and girls, who true utterances come from us. Help us to not be uh, lying by twisting things, by shading the truth, by silence, by cheating, by exaggeration, by the social graces which we've all come to accept, and by all those other things that we mentioned. Lord, help us to be like you. You are the truth. The Father speaks only the truth. The Holy Spirit is the truth, or the, the Spirit of truth. The Word of God is the Word of truth. Help us to be 
your people of truth. Lord, catch us, make it clear, convict us when we've lied. Convict us deeply and help us to be totally honest, not, not trying to figure out the, uh, the results of our honesty, but only knowing that the Word of God calls us to be honest and trust you with the results. That's what we want to do. Transform us, Lord. Change us. Help us to be honest at home with our children, with our wives. If we promise them that we're going to take them out, help us to do that. Lord, help us to be honest at work, give it an honest day's work, to work hard. Even if our, our bosses pressure us into being dishonest or people we, we work with, help us to just say no to that, not be conformed to this world. Even if it costs us our jobs, help us to be true to you, even if every man around us is a liar. For this we pray in Jesus' name. So, how are you doing after today's program? Fine? (laughs) Well, Pastor Steve sure gave us a lot to think about today. I think we all would like to say we are truthful people. However, after listening to today's verse-by-verse program, I think we'd also have to admit we fall short. But that's the beauty of God's Word. It's a mirror that tells us the truth about ourselves and gives us the opportunity to change. The question is, what are we going to do with the truth that has been given to us today? Pastor Steve will be with us again on the next verse-by-verse program, and I hope you can join us. Pastor Steve is the pastor of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. If you would like more information about... Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.